Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to a new episode of Make Me a Musical, and this is an ooky spooky episode. Kind oh, of. Oh man, it's <laughs> Halloween! Halloween in May, baby. Let's do Halloween. it. Halloween. We're starting May off on the right note, meaning ghosts. Of course, ghosts. You know, um, what, they, you know what they say: April showers bring May ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> Um, so I originally pitched that we should turn the Haunted Mansion ride into a musical because me and Brent were talking last night about what Disney properties we'd turn into musicals and I pitched Haunted Mansion and he's like, oh, just on the ride. That sounds cool. Then I pitched to Andrew. He's like, nah, we have to do it based on the Eddie Murphy movie. Look, they've already given us a whole (laughs) storyline. Like, we're just going to throw it all away. Like, come on, this is Disney canon. Remember when Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct his own Haunted Mansion movie, and then he got kicked off from Disney and just made Crimson Peak instead? Man, that probably would have been really good. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. But I love Crimson Peak, so I I consider it a win. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, we could have had a better Haunted Mansion movie than we got. Well, you say that you love the Eddie Murphy movie. You've said that to me. I heard you say it. I did say that. I, I, I've watched it probably, like, 15 to 20 times. Oh, my God. And you're one that actually goes to the theme parks. Like, I've only gone to, like, the Disney theme parks probably twice in my life. But you you went pretty often, so you probably will know how accurate that movie was to the ride. Honestly, it's pretty accurate. Like, like, you know, the tone is there. Honestly, the the movie's a little darker than the ride is. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's it's got more uh, talk of, like, demons and stuff. Like, the the guy at the end getting dragged into hell is a (laughs) pretty dark pretty dark ending yeah he does he does do that like goofy eddie murphy voice the entire movie well what in this period of his career he was really trying to ape the career of bill cosby um which was going from like the comedian stand-up guy into the family um make a bunch of faces kind of comedy um which bill he he just completely failed at that and gave up right no i think he succeeded in that like things like daddy daycare and all that were really successful oh were really successful is the key word. Well, he didn't keep on running into the ground the same way that Adam Sandler did. True. Man, when was the last time anyone talked about Daddy Daycare? Um, it was killed immediately by the sequel. Do you remember there being a sequel starring Cuba Gooding Jr. instead called yeah, Daddy Day so. Camp? Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. I don't think anyone saw that. We <laughs> should be turning that into a musical. That movie that Daddy, nobody saw. I, I mean, I'd have to watch it, and I'm not going to do that, so. The thing is, Eddie Murphy <laughs> actually had some success with his like family films, like Dr. Doolittle and um, those types, and really kind of faltered when it came to his more, um, I wouldn't say dark, but more like risque material, like Norbit and, you know, Adventures of Pluto Nash, like those kind of like more vulgar ones. And he's kind of on a career comeback right now with like Dolmite is my name and all that, um, which I think he should have gotten nominated for. Um, same with Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. So a lot of failures at, at the Academy didn't, Awards. Didn't he just do, um, oh my goodness, Back Coming to America 2 or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't know if that was any good, but... 
Um, you know what he's actually good in? It's a bad movie, but I think he's one of the better parts of it. Uh, what's that? Tower Heist. Tower Heist? Yeah, it's a Brett Ratner film um, about these guys that get together and try to rob a tower from a, a car from Alan Alda. But the best scenes are like Eddie Murphy and Matthew Broderick paired together, which is like, I want more of that. I want them to be the dynamic duo for most films forever. They definitely would be very strange together it works though it really works like where you got like this pathetic matthew broderick and this like high energy like angry quick to anger eddie murphy character it's great the rest of the movie is garbage though okay so we're talking about this because haunted mansion started Man- <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the movie of course i've watched it recently actually why um me and my friends now that we're in quarantine tend to just hop on disney plus pick something random and start a drinking game based off of it and try to get to the end and this was one of them Hmm. what was the drinking game um drink anytime there's cringe or drink anytime there's good um those are the two things so if there's like a special effect that you like or a specific performance or a line delivery you like you drink i feel like you'd be drinking the whole movie then because it's like anything that wasn't good was cringe exactly <laughs> we were <laughs> we were pretty messed up by the end of it um but i i don't think the movie's that bad like i think on a script structural level it's actually quite effective like like, let's break that down. It's about these two real estate people that are asked to look at a house to try to sell it. Um, they get landlocked in because of supernatural things. The rain starts and they're trapped. Um, um, and then they're kind of classic trapped. horror premise. Yeah, exactly. It's then they're trapped in this house and they get split up. Um, the thing that I question whether or not we should keep is whether or not the wife is the reincarnation of the the landowner's ex lover that killed herself. Yeah, it's got a bit of a bit of a weird vibe too. You got this southern plantation. Yep. With a white ghost in the uh black <laughs> incarnation of this yep, lover. Yep. And the implication that they were from two separate worlds. There's a lot of iffy stuff here. They just they just yeah. narrowly miss it. It's not that they miss it, they just they don't want to say the words. They don't they wanna don't, say what we're all thinking. They don't want to be like, yeah slavery was a thing (laughs) wasn't it whoops yeah uh but maybe we cut that aspect of it i don't think we need that part i i I Um, kind of agree but also then why are they having them there like that was their goal is to reincarnate her because she looks like his ex-girlfriend or could it just be like they get there and there's just spooks well, wasn't at the end that? at the end she was the reincarnation wasn't she she wasn't there was like another ball spirit that was the reincarnation or was the actual oh ghost. okay okay so she just looked like it mm-hmm. next question do we keep the kids because i'm gonna vote for that we throw away the kids <laughs> You can't throw away the kids. It's the Haunted Mansion. It's a Disney ride. Yeah, it's the not anymore. Need, We're turning this into a need, musical. Yeah, this is going to be a musical that parents are going to bring their kids to. I think you we should need, give it more of a Beetlejuice tone. Like a little bit darker, a little bit more sincere. Bring they, them up to like teenagers. There's kids in Beetlejuice, though. I, there's one kid, and she's like 19. 
Yeah, we can we can make the kids older to fit actors or something. I think we should keep them though. It's got to have that family values aspect to it. <laughs> he, Eddie Murphy's his name is Jim Devers, by the way, or Jim Evers. Um, so Jim Evers has to yeah, learn that he has to be a better father. What, what is the he, thing he keeps saying? He he says he's gonna make your house forever and ever. Or what no, because if you go with Evers and Evers, we'll make you happy forever and Evers. Man, that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it. Do we keep that line? Do we turn that into our opening number? Yes. <laughs> Five seconds ago, you were saying it's so stupid. Now it's our opening number. I had to. I had to think about it for a second, but I'm just now realizing that there's a lot of potential with that. <laughs> for ever's and ever's, like that is our opening number, when the entire song is just a pun on like being happy for ever's and ever's. Well, yeah, but then you you also get their name. Like you're never gonna, you're not gonna forget yes. their name. Now. And one other thing, the movie kind of drops the ball on is we see that they work together, but anytime there's work to be done, Eddie Murphy's the only one ever doing the work, and I think that that was a failure on part of it because they really wanted the '90s um, dad story, the liar liar of like, Dad, you work too hard, and you're never gonna spend time with me. Yeah, which is really just a played out and not interesting storyline. So we don't even have to do that. I mean, that. With, hu- with hustle culture, you got to be like, come on, daddy, got to make that bank. You want to go to college? I mean, actually, maybe we should bring back that storyline. <laughs> and then just reinterpret it like, no, I, you y'all go. You know how I can afford these vacations you want me to go on by going to work? No, no, no. We You, you have to frame it where he's part of hustle culture. <laughs> Like he's posting up, he's posting on uh, Facebook. He's like, just sold all these houses, worked 800 hours this week, 100 or something, making that dough. Grind. <laughs> Grind life. <laughs> and we just make it. Yeah, I'm and down with whole this. Family's I'm, like, this is Dad, We're please doing come home. hustle culture. And the wife is like, come on, you're working a thousand. Like, you're, we don't even need this money. Like, we are making enough. And he's like, come on, we could do more. Oh, boy. Okay, we got to get to the house. So they go to the house, and do we reinterpret the songs used in the ride? Like, do we bring in the this quartet song and, like, all that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, you mean you have to. Yeah. You actually have to. I think that's going to um, be a fun stage effect to do with the singing quartet heads. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that song is known enough that it should be near the end of the show. That should be like something that we're waiting like for. Like the shakes you know? in the aura. Or it could be the act one closer um, where it's all building up. And while the ghosts are coming after them and you think they're all going to die, you just have this quartet being like, and that's just how act one ends. <laughs> like the last words of the lights go down. Grim grooming ghosts come out to socialize. Boom. Lights out. If you're going to do that, then I think there needs to be a lot of setup. Like, all of Act 1 needs to be, like... Prepping you for the weird, ghosts. Weird stuff is happening, but there's no ghosts yet. You know? I think it should kind of be, like, things in the background that audience members might catch, but they also might not. You kind of got to trust that your audience is paying attention and looking in places. I think it would be great to throw in some jump scares. Like, some actual jump scares would be really effective in an audience environment like this. Yeah. And I think okay. that is where a lot of the difference between that film and this musical is going to be is in tonally. Like, I feel like we can literally keep the same plot, even keep in some of the same humor style, but like change up the tone of the scares and introduce the ghosts a little bit more subtly. Make it like The Haunting of Hill House. Have you seen that show? 
Um, no, I saw the the sequel show. Well, I, only because I Greg not. Sestero was in it. That's actually the only reason. Yes. Um, I I've recently watched that one, so it's a lot of the same way where they kind of introduce the ghostly elements slowly, and then once you get there, it's kind of like everything, and and it's all scary. Yeah. No, I I like that. And maybe even um, Act One we... ends with like the ghost coming out in full, where it's just been like hints of it, and we've got like like sprinkles of it beforehand, and then end of Act One, it's just like they're all out and they're all coming for Jim De- Jim Evers. Do we do the like uh, twist villain kind of thing where it's like you're not sure who the bad guy is until the end when it's? I honestly it's the... think with the story like this, like they shouldn't be miserable mopey because they're like happy haunts. It should just be like they're all just kind of happy and then bad things torment them despite that. Like so no who's, one should be who's an the bad guy villain. then? Well, the, how do they solve the situation then? Do they just figure out how to get rid of the ghosts? Maybe it's like an evil dead situation where it's like a dead by dawn and they just have to get through the night. Oh. And what like, if you what if instead of the <laughs> What if instead of like real estate agents or something, we do the the inheritance thing where they have to stay at the haunted house mm-hmm. to get the inheritance? I like that. I like that. Like you've just gotta stay. What? Ah, I'm into this. I'm much more into that. And the thing is, we could just have them show up to the house. We don't have to do any of the preamble. Yeah. Plus, then we don't have to do the wacky uh, reincarnation thing. Yeah, we just avoid that. And it's just kind of like, you know, my dad said that this was down to me and that we'd be able to own it. Still keep them as real estate agents. Like, yeah, we could sell this for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, like, this would be really, really big. Like, um, antebellum-style houses are selling big. Now we can keep the Evers and Evers opening number. Um, and then we just kind of throw ghostly stuff at them. I still think maybe we could eliminate the kids. <laughs> I'm still thinking like it might work better if it's just these couple that goes in there. Sure. I mean, we can eliminate the kids, but how do they die? I mean, do we want to have the ghosts just kill them during the show? I mean, <laughs> no, I, as a narrative choice, you motherfucker. Oh, OK. <laughs> I think we just don't need the kids in this story. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I don't think we need to be, like, kidnapping kids from the audience and, like, you know, <laughs> eliminating them. I think we should also get a lot of audience interaction where the ghosts come out and scare people in the audience or, like, interact with it. Like the Lion King style. I wonder if you could do any of the effects that they do at the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I'm sure of it. In, like, like, a stage show. I'd be so curious like the... how you do Madame Leota with an actual actor. I mean, you could just have a table with a ball and well, they no, sit under that's the table. that's kind of boring. I feel like you'd have to pick her up and you'd have to. <laughs> that's play. kind of boring. <laughs> like it, it might start off that way, and then the Evers character picks her up, and then you're like, "Oh, how did they do that? How did they do that?" I mean, it would just it would have to be a projection, right? I mean, have you ever seen the Beauty and the Beast um, animatronic projection? Uh, I no. think it's like a ride in France. Um, Paris Disneyland where they have a hologram that looks just like uh, one of the animatronics and then they just it's for the prince transformation scene and then they just lower the projection and then there's the prince animatronic underneath it and it's so mm-hmm. seamless that uh, like you could do things like that I feel like there now is the time for a proper ghostly musical on Broadway using all the effects that Disney has kind of cultivated over the years just 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 pull the fucking trigger already so, I think we've basically decided that realistically, this entire show doesn't have to be attached to the Haunted Mansion in any way, and it's just a ghost thing, because we want to see ghosts. 
Yeah, well, we kind of have to call back to all the ghost rides, like the dancing um, ghost things from the ballroom and the 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 guy with the lantern. I was like the I was like the skeleton in the piano. That was always a fun one. Or like in the mirror where you see the ghost next to you at the end of the ride, you could do stuff like that with mirrors. There's so many fun little spooks you could do. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, so and the question is, do they make it to the end, or do we do an Evil Dead ending where they think they've made it out, but really they're just worse off than they ever were? I think that that's what you could do with the mirror or something. Like just have it end like they're like, oh, we made it out, but then they look in the mirror and now they're ghosts too, or something. Or they don't even have a reflection, and then they look at themselves and they just are translucent, and we could do some cool staging effects with that. And yeah, I don't know. They- or Isn't there a l- part like Evil Dead they... style where she becomes possessed by the ghost and he has to try to bring her back? Like that could be a fun way. Am I remembering this wrong or is there a part in the movie where they become ghosts? No, there is not a part in the movie where they become ghosts. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if I was remembering that or not. Okay. There are zombies. Oh. There is a section with zombies, strangely enough, but You're right, you're right. Oh, you know what? I was thinking of Casper. Yes. There in are Casper ghosts they become Casper. ghosts. No, no, well, I mean, the the main characters become ghosts in Casper. Um, only Bill Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> they have, like, a machine to turn them into not ghosts again. Into humans, you mean? <laughs> Bring them back to life. They literally found a cure for death. They f- No, they found a, a cure for ghosts. <laughs> if, you're, if you die and don't become a ghost, you can't use the machine. So do you, well, you only, only become do a ghost if you... if you have unfinished business? Business? You know, I've never liked I've never liked that theory that ghosts are people who died with unfinished business. Like who doesn't have unfinished like are you telling me that most people they just die and they're like, Yep, I did everything. I'm done all I was done with everything. Like, come on, who dies and doesn't have unfinished business? I think business? my Get question is if you have unfinished business, what the fuck can you do as a ghost? <laughs> to like You can't you can't do anything. That's why all they do is moan. Uh, okay, so you I'm taking it you don't believe in ghosts. I mean, no, of course not. I don't either, but I know way too many people that are legitimately like par- terrified of the idea of ghosts and specters and ghouls and all that, right? I don't know why you would be scared of the idea of ghosts. Like, what the to fuck me, are they going to do? What, what, just exist around you? Fuck, it's like having a roommate that doesn't pay rent, whatever. Doesn't pay rent and also doesn't use any space. Exactly. <laughs> What, so, it's gonna I mean, knock my, something off the thought, wall. Oh, that's mildly inconvenient. If you believe in ghosts, it should be comforting to you because that means that if you die, you know for certain there's an afterlife, right? There's so much, so many questions. But then you've got brought into the idea of demons and shit, which is different than ghosts. No, no, demons. I mean, okay, now you're getting. This is like demons are like Christian ideology. Ghosts are uh like folklore. You know, it's it's different. All right. You know, right. you get you got you can't mix these. Ghosts and demons are very different. Ghosts are folklore. Ghosts are like uh, you know, stories that people in a village will tell each other like, "Oh, that house is spooky." You know, like whereas demons are like the pastor gets up and and screams at you that you shouldn't be listening to rock music. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I have never heard it described so succinctly, but you're absolutely correct. Okay, so we have this whole idea. It's Evil um, Dead, but in a big antebellum mansion. Yeah, and also there's like 80% of it is going to be dance numbers with ghosts effects. um, Because honestly, this doesn't need a plot. (laughs) 
I feel like this could be doesn't. like vignettes. This is like a perfect musical for vignettes with like the loose story of we have to stay yeah, to they get just, the money. They show out they show up to different rooms and they're like, Oh, this is the library and there's like ghost books and stuff and then And each room like, kind oh, of has its own the... like character that has its moment. Like it'd be a great yeah. ensemble piece for them. And you just have these characters that run through. It's all dan it's all dance numbers. And it's all dance numbers. <laughs> Like about crazy to say, and it's all Dan Aykroyd. It's all Dan Aykroyd going in. No, no, Dan a Dan Aykroyd does not show up in this. And Dan Aykroyd, <gasps> Dan Aykroyd uh, would produce this because he's like this. Finally, a oh, musical would, that shows reality. This he would produce it, but it would be awful. So we <laughs> we cannot allow Dan Aykroyd to be involved in this can, project. Can, can we make the main character's nose look like a penis? Be yeah, please no, no. Dan Aykroyd, stay away. No, Dan Aykroyd. Um, we'll no, never but, have alien all... communication, especially after nine eleven. <sighs> Why, why? Why did he do that? Why did he become that? <laughs> he's always been that. It's Man, not a become, okay. he's just always been that. Let's be clear. It kind of like retroactively makes Ghostbusters into like a weird, like, oh, he probably thought that was real, huh? He did. Like, have you seen the interview with like um, Ivan Reitman where he, it's like all of them in a line and they're like, what, what do you tell your kids when you take him? He's like, it was fun. They thought it was funny. And then they get to Dan Aykroyd. He's like, I told him it was very important because this is this is real. This is reality. This is the world we live in. This is real. <laughs> this is reality. <laughs> Dan so Aykroyd is crazy, the, but I think he's great. If this is the world we live in, how come you made a movie about it instead of starting a Ghostbusters outfit? I mean, I mean... I mean, okay. Dan Aykroyd so, stars in the. <laughs> I'm surprised Aykroyd, every get him every night. Every night he uh, goes on stage and he's like, "Man, it's about time I'm about to enter reality." And, like, no, no, no. Act. He gives like the the pre act like spiel at the beginning. He comes out in front of the red curtain. He's like, "What you are about to see is a replication of reality." I want to thank the Disney Company for making such a true to life vision come true here on the Broadway stages. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Alright. So we, who do we get to write this? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um is there any I feel like I wish Sondheim was like still able to write things like this because I think he'd have a lot of fun here. Yeah, I mean I honestly my main thing is I just want it to be danceable and I want there to be a lot <clears throat> of like goofy spooky sounding stuff you know you know who would do good um steven schwartz um who did wicked and all those religious ones i think he'd have yeah a lot of fun. like if he he'd did probably... it all for the best like in style of this it would be great he probably would i wonder if he would do it though because i mean is he what is his opinion on ghosts <laughs> I mean, he, he's not against ghosts. Like he he's played in that like he did Pippin, which is kind of I I consider that not too far off. Okay, yeah, no, no, he can do it then. I think yeah, actually, his music style would be really good for it. He he knows how to make a fun song. Yeah, and if we're gonna go for another territory in the little bit lesser known, I'd pick Drew Gasparini. Um, who is a great composer. Um, he's another one on the Broadway Podcast Network. But he can do very dancey songs and very dark songs. Um, he does And that. then you combine them. Yes, exactly. Um, or, yeah, I, I think it would either be Steven Schwartz or Drew Gasparini would be my two choices. Lock it in. Lock it in. We're locking it in. Steve, Steve, okay. is it on the board? It's locked in. It's, on, it's locked in. All right. Um, and what would the reviews for this look like? I, I think Ben Brantley would hate it. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, um, I'm not I sure. I kind of feel like there'd I, I be think... a lot of reviewers calling this uh, the death of cinema, uh, not cinema, of theater. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think they'll be like, I'm glad Disney is doing more than just adapting their films. Um, I think they'd compare it to Aida a lot, where it was like an original idea that wasn't based on a movie. If Disney really brought this in, I feel like the spectacle alone would be, they'd be like, it's worth seeing for that. Okay. If that's, uh, if that's what you want. I mean, do you disagree? Can you imagine that happening? I can imagine it happening, but I kind of just feel like this would be a show that they would see as for kids and... Uh, would, Maybe you're just seeing it angry. not quite as dark as I'm seeing it. I think they would see the angry that it succeeded, basically. I, that's 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 most Broadway reviewers. I guess you're right. You, you you've made a point. Yeah. You know All what, right. Andrew? Um, guess what? We just made a musical. I mean, barely. We did our we did our f a best effort, but we uh, mostly just, just shit on much... Dan Aykroyd in this episode. Not gonna lie. You know what? I think we we. We came through with the baseline of what we want it to be, uh, and that's all. That's all we. You could can do. see this coming together pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it, okay. nothing's gonna beat our funeral pitch. Like that is our best pitch ever, and should be made. Yeah, contact us if you want to uh, make it. We got more ideas. We got tons of ideas. We we'd love to make specifically that funeral one. That that would be a great musical. But you know what, Andrew? Yeah, we gotta go. So we'll see you guys <laughs> on our next episode of Make Me a Musical. Hope you guys don't have trouble sleeping because of this incredibly scary episode. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.